Thank you for supporting Daily Tech Headlines directly. Now begins your ad-free episode. I'm Rich Trafalino, and these are the tech headlines for the week that was. Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison announced the country will establish a framework to block domains hosting extremist content or abhorrent violent material during designated crisis events. This would see the creation of a 24-7 crisis coordination center to monitor for online extremist content, with Australia's eSafety Commissioner making case-by-case determinations about what to block. Facebook, YouTube, Amazon, Microsoft, Twitter, and ISPs Telstra, Vodafone, TPG, and Optus are expected to provide details to the government on how to be in compliance by the end of September. It's unclear how the framework would impact media outlets reporting on such events. Sources tell Krebs on Security that more than 5.3 million accounts belonging to cardholders from 35 U.S. states and posted online came from compromised gas pumps, coffee shops, and restaurants operated by Hy-Vee, a Midwestern supermarket chain based in Des Moines with more than 245 retail locations. Hy-Vee announced on August 14th it was investigating a data breach involving payment processing systems that handle transactions within its various stores, but said it was too early to tell when the breach began or for how long intruders were inside the system. Hy-Vee said it doesn't believe the breach affected payment card terminals used in its grocery checkout lanes, pharmacies, or convenience stores because those systems use point-to-point encryption to prevent card-skimming malware. French President Emmanuel Macron announced he and U.S. President Donald Trump have agreed on a compromise regarding French taxation of tech companies. Essentially, France will continue with its current plan to tax tax companies until a new Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, the OECD framework, is agreed next year. That framework is meant to tax companies based on where they operate, not where they're headquartered. The current French plan requires that marketplace and advertising companies that generate more than 750 million euros in global revenue and 25 million euros in France to pay 3% of French revenue in taxes. That impacts mostly U.S. tech companies. Tax paid under the French scheme before the OECD framework is implemented will be used as credits for the OECD plan and any overpayments will be refunded. Fitbit unveiled the Versa 2 smartwatch, which now includes Amazon Voice Services and Spotify integration. An onboard microphone can be used to make AVS commands or to dictate text replies on Android. The device includes a 1.4-inch AMOLED display with smaller bezels than the original Versa, GPS, water resistance, and a new processor that enables 5-plus days of battery life or multi-day battery life with the screen set to always-on. The Versa 2 goes on sale September 15th for $200, with the special edition bundle available for $230. Fitbit also announced Fitbit Premium, a subscription service that offers personalized goals, challenges, guidance, and eventually in 2020, coaching. The subscription costs $9.99 a month, or $79.99 annually, and will work with all currently sold Fitbit trackers and smartwatches. Facebook announced Wednesday that starting in mid-September, political advertisers will need to provide more information before their ads will run. Commercial businesses, nonprofits, and NGOs will have to provide their tax ID number. Government and militaries, meanwhile, will have to have their domain name and email addresses ending in .gov or .mil. And political action committees and parties will have to give their Federal Election Commission identification numbers. Ads that run under the program will include an information button that can be clicked to verify for who paid for the ad. Smaller ad buyers will have to submit name, address, email, and phone number for the organization which Facebook will in turn verify. 
Reuters reports that the U.S. Commerce Department received 130 applications from U.S. companies seeking to sell goods to Huawei, according to sources. In June, U.S. President Trump promised Chinese President Xi Jinping that exports of non-sensitive goods to Huawei could resume, and U.S. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross promised timely responses to applications to resume trade back in July. According to those sources, no application has yet been approved, reflecting the complexities of the interagency consultation required. Back on August 1st, Apple suspended the review of less than 0.2% of Siri voice recordings by contracted companies in order to improve the virtual assistant. This came as Apple became just one of a series of stories about this practice by all makers of voice assistants. Apple has now announced it will reinstate review later this autumn with a software update. That update will leave audio recordings unavailable for review by default. Users instead will be able to opt in to let Apple use their voice recordings to improve Siri. Opting in doesn't mean they will use your recordings, but if you don't opt in, they say they won't. Apple also announced that from now on, only Apple employees will review the recordings, and they will delete ones determined to be inadvertent. Computer-generated transcripts of what you say will continue to be used to improve Siri. Microsoft announced Wednesday it supports the addition of its XFAT file system to the Linux kernel. The XFAT technical spec has been published on Microsoft Docs. Microsoft launched XFAT back in 2006, and it's used on most storage devices. Microsoft is not open-sourcing XFAT per se, but it is working to include support for it in future revisions of the Open Innovation Network's Linux system definition. India's government announced it will ease rules on local production in order to sell directly to consumers. Essentially, products produced locally for export will count toward the number required to be produced locally. Some Apple phones are already assembled in a Wistron plant in Bangalore. Bloomberg sources say Apple will launch an online Apple store in India within the next few months. Apple is also firming up its Mumbai Apple store to open next year. And finally, Google's Project Zero security research team published details on how several websites in the wild used five iOS exploit chains composed of 14 total security exploits to break browser sandboxing and install monitoring malware by just visiting the site. The sites were active since 2017 and could potentially exploit most devices running iOS 10 through iOS 12. Once installed, the malware could pull live location, access photos and contacts, as well as passwords stored in the iOS keychain, with no indication to the end user. Google alerted Apple to the vulnerabilities on February 1st, with Apple patching them February 7th with iOS 12.1.4. Security researchers speaking to Wired indicated the malware suggested state-sponsored actors, although failure to use HTTPS encryption and hard-coding of IP addresses in the malware suggests this may have been done by a state actor who bought the malware from a contractor. For more discussion of the tech news of the day, remember to subscribe to Daily Tech News Show at dailytechnewsshow.com. And remember to rate and review Daily Tech headlines wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. And from all of us here at Daily Tech Headlines, remember, have a super sparkly day.